Suburban Folk is now part of the Ring Media Network. If you're a digital content creator, head over to their website at rringmedia.com. That's rringmedia.com to find out how they can help you. Health, travel, finance, parenting, and home improvement. This is the Suburban Folk Podcast. $250 a month into my child's 529 from the month that they start kindergarten, I should be able to pay for 80% of my child's college. Because I don't trust that most people will eat their vegetables. So usually our kind of standard is three servings of vegetables per meal. You take something like a a two by six and you cut it with a circular saw. That's like a superpower. Those middle school years are not as fun, but at that age, they're still willing to talk to you. Welcome to the Suburban Folk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg. Today's topic is digital marketing. This can be websites, social media, audio video content, and more. If you're a small business owner looking to build websites or a podcaster like myself looking to build your show and brand, this episode is for you. My guest is Priya Mishra. She has 25 years of goal-driven service in the marketing and technology industries. She's currently the co-founder and COO of Exante Digital, an innovative Australian firm dedicated to bringing out the best in companies through a culturally conditioned approach, delivering the best tailor-fit strategies and solutions to the table. She's also an admired speaker hailing from Sydney, speaking to audiences from companies big and small, and an active marketing blogger teaching everything from fundamentals to groundbreaking concepts. She has also authored several ebooks on various business topics. Thanks, Priya, for taking some time to talk to us today. I'm really interested to find out a little bit more about Exante Digital and what types of clients you're able to help. I thought maybe you could get us started by telling us about your background and how did you get into this particular market? Okay, so um, I actually started um, my business five and a half years ago almost. Uh, and before that, I was in a corporate career. So when I started um, marketing business, I was very much um, thoughtful before I start. I literally um, created the whole chart and why it is very be- suitable for me. Why should I do it? Because I'm, I'm doing a career change. I'm from a technology background. And I thought um, if I'm doing a career change, I better I have to be very well thought of. So actually let down whole chart, why it is best suitable option for me. And when I started my career, I started as a marketer. So that somewhere on the back, I I felt that it's it's really good career for me. So also I did my MBA in finance and marketing. So all that actually uh, add up and I say, okay, looking at my personality being ambivert, uh, looking at my um, knowledge and analytical mind, um, looking at my interest, this is the best suitable career change for me. What uh, time frame are we talking about here? So you mentioned you started your career in marketing, and then, of course, what you're focusing on now is digital marketing specifically. Were you on the cutting edge, if you will, when these types of technologies or websites were first coming out, or was it fairly established when you started to make that career shift? Uh, the market was very uh, fairly established, to be honest. Uh, if you know, people talk about SEO very recently, like not uh, not more than seven, eight years ago. But uh, SEO is there for many, many years. Website I was building in 90s in Perl 
right? It was not it was not PHP much popular PHP website. Not, there was no WordPress and all. But I was building website when it was a Perl technology at that time, and you know Yahoo and AOL was the best uh, search engine um, back in those days. So I started my career in technology in nineties, to be honest. And um, I I was first started as a COBOL programmer, and now it's when I started this, I, I it was fairly advanced to be honest and when when we go going forward when we look at um I, i'm very futuristic approach kind of a person i like to be ahead in my industry during my technical technology time also i was very particular how i'm actually looking to more advanced technology and how i'm grasping the knowledge before every the whole crowd is gonna join you know, and I'm a big believer of center of excellence. So whatever you do, you have to be excellent in that because there is no scope for average people anymore. They are highly competitive. We live in a very highly competitive, especially I am from India. So India is like back in those days, technology was booming, but now it's like it's the highest revenue generation for the country, right? So there are a lot of lot of people are into that technology. So unless you are part of center of excellence, you're not gonna actually make any difference, make any impact, right? And I'm a big believer of creating an impact, whatever I do in my life. When you are engaging with your clients, do you feel like you have to sort of bring them up to speed because they're not necessarily on the cutting edge? Yeah, that's that's pretty much the case, to be honest. Right, right now, a um, lot of people are actually trying to catch up, especially small to medium businesses. Um, advanced technology is actually quite sitting in the larger businesses, larger companies and corporates. Um, but when it comes to the modern technology or latest, like voice search, do you know Siri has been there around nine to 10 years now? And how many people are actually search uh, voice search optimized? Right. It's been eight years and we are searching through words like youngsters are like 20s. People are actually doing most of the search by voice already. Maybe 40s, 50s, 60s are not doing that, but 20s started doing it. Right. So how many of us are actually voice search optimized? We are still talking about SEO. So it's, it is a catch-up call, right? And I'm already always trying to educate people, be prepared for the future. Because unless you start preparing, start thinking three years, five years down the line, it's not going to, you can't be an industry leader. Okay. Like look at the Amazon. I was listening um, Jeff uh, in in an interview and he was talking about people come to me and congratulate me, a congratulation for your quarter. But to be, uh, to, to, to look at the scenario, I knew that years ago, I don't need to know the current scenario. I'm working on the three years down the line, what is going to happen. So I'll be more con- more um, uh, prominent to the three years later, what's going to happen rather than what is uh, my current current uh, performance is doing in my current quarter, right? And it's happening amongst the very, very niche market and very, very cooperative type of culture, but not in the small to medium businesses. With the current environment that we're seeing with the coronavirus now may not necessarily hit what your clients are doing day to day or what you're doing for them, but you could see that on a larger scale of 
the more tech enabled a company is, whether large or small. And I would assume that those small to medium businesses um, really could be the ones that are affected by not being ahead of the curve. Now, obviously, again, what we're seeing right now is unprecedented and new waters for anybody, but it is just another example of being able to be nimble, I would imagine, so that uh, you know what could happen and what kind of contingencies you have in front of you. Does that seem about right or the right way to, to look at it? Everybody should have a contingency plan for every type of scenarios. But this was like a very sudden. But that's why that's why it is very important to work on a futuristic approach. Okay. So, um, but now things are thrown on our face. So we are actually trying to cope up with this current scenario. And like, that's why there are a lot of panicking happening, especially in the business community. My business is very much dependent on the B2B and B2C kind of a business. So people, especially B2B. So if other businesses are not doing well, most of the businesses, when they start thinking about market, they start cutting the marketing budget because they think that, oh, market is not going to perform anyway. Can we pause? You know, um, and they don't understand that it's it, it's it's not about I can pause it and you can save your current money, but then it, you have to invest another few months to catch up the position which you have already gained right now because it's not about human. Here in marketing, we are dealing, especially in the digital media marketing space, we are dealing with the algorithm and AI. So it's it's all programmatic uh, effect. So if you're going to pause it, you're going to lose the position, right? So it's better keep it going rather than it, once the whole uh, storm is gone, you are trying to actually do another catch-up race, right? But it's happening. People start uh, stopping all the budget for marketing and technology. That's the first cut happens in any business. <laughs> I, I'm not sure why, um, but it should it should not be the case. It, you should I like in December time in our in our country we we are very quiet. Most of the service industry is very quiet. What, like booming businesses, retail business, gift, and you know traveling, but. We actually, uh, when we when it comes to the actually preparation for the next year, it is it becomes a point of educational matter that you know you should prepare for future now, right? Like I always when I make a content strategy, I say why don't you prepare for the next fifty two weeks right now because it's quiet. Your creative creative brain will come out. But most of the people start relaxing. No, it's Christmas time. I will talk after Christmas. And that affects the business when they come back after January. Oh, what am I doing? Where are I? What should I do? Oh, I'm too busy. I don't know if I have time to write the blogs or, or any social media content and all that, uh, you know, emotional, um, different emotions start evolving during the new startup time during February. There's that old phrase that if there's something that you don't want to do, you can always find an excuse not to do it, right? <laughs> that uh, you can always find a way that you're busy if it, you don't have it as a front and center priority. And you mentioned a blog post. I can certainly attest, at least for this podcast, that it takes the edge off, if you will, to have your content prepared well in advance so that you're not constantly using your brain power for thinking, oh, what is the next thing that I'm going to put out? Uh, because if you get to that point, it takes up a lot of energy away from other planning that could be going on. So 
I would imagine there is definitely a bit of a snowball effect where if you do get behind, like you said, it can either be intentionally uh, taken away if there's budget problems or whatever is going on, or it just isn't as concise as it could be because it's maybe thrown together and um, you don't get the branding that you're looking for and the messaging that you're looking for. I believe marketing is not about like like uh, sudden money you need like you marketing is something when you start thinking business marketing budget budget has to be located allocated for that so if you are talking about oh i don't have budget right now then actually you are not very well planned in overall of your business right because ultimately why you started the business at the first place okay there are a lot of emotional things like i'm passionate i want my own time i want control of my time and whatever the point is not that you wanted to look up to the untapped potential, right? Income potential. That's the bottom line. Um, ultimately, we wanted that money. And if you're not addicted to business, you, you can't you can't think. And when I'm saying when you have to be addicted at the at the start, everybody have to work hard. Look at the all successful men or women or the business community. Whosoever is successful, they spend a lot of money. They were literally addicted to the business, right? And that addiction keeps it it evolves with your passion. And real reflection happens when you actually put your mind and soul at the beginning, and then you know how you're gonna sell. And before you sell, you need to do market. And if you're marketing and if you haven't allocated the budget for that, you are going to be a struggler for a while. And that's why you can see first year, a lot of businesses close down and not because of they don't have lack of passion or they are not hardworking, but they are not very well planned. Right. So that's the matter of budget problem is not budget problem actually budget problem is actually initiated by the planning yeah lack of planning and a priority problem potentially right so if you're not testing your water um and then you are not thinking about marketing and if you're not thinking about marketing how you're gonna get the leads and sales and you know other stuffs and you cannot offer your best service unless you have 10, 20 people to actually reflect what actually you have. And then you you evolve in your first, second years, whatever you are bringing, it doesn't mean that it's going to be acceptable by the market itself. The consumer is very smart, right? So you can't just throw anything and whatever you want, it will be accepted by the consumer and you have to understand the consumer's behavior. And your customer is actually best judge. And that's why you need to actually evolve with your business, you know. And to do that, you need to test the market. So you need a segmentation of the market. Does that end up occurring at the launch of a business? Is that ever evolving? What is your perspective on figuring out what the market is looking for relative to the offering of a business? See, it depends on what kind of a business you are in, okay? So say, um, if you are, um, first thing, my my top top layer is actually, am I in a want business or a need business, right? So tell me one thing. Do you have, like if you have six, seven clothes, do you need a, another clothes or you want another clothes, right? Dress. You need, you don't need it anymore. After seven days cover, right? You don't need it. You want it. 
right? Are you, uh, if you if you are buying a designer dresses or designer car, is it a need business or it is a want business, right? You need to need to think like that. And if you are an, in a need business, you have to think about volume. If you are in a want business, you need to think about the quantity, quality, right, over quantity. So there are a lot of segregation and layers open up when I actually sit down and do my strategy session in that. And a lot of businesses, I, I know there are a lot of business coaches out there and they have met so many people. The business coaches, I'm not, I don't want to point them, but the pro, the problem with the business coaches are not, they are more starting with the marketing strategy than the actual business strategy. So most people create their business plan and business plan is all about what do I want to do? Um, uh, what is my target? This is my money. This is where I want to spend budgeting and all that. But hardly anybody is thinking about business model and value position, which is the very basic concept. It's the first milestone you should achieve. Once you know the value proposition, you will be able to define your market much more clearly. How does that relationship work with the business plan? Are they working lockstep or the marketing plan should be affixed somewhere within the business plan? See, so business model is, is, is a nine pillar. Right. And business model defines like who is your customer? What's their, uh, how you're going to reach them? Or what are the channel? Who is your key partners? Who, where is your, um, value proposition is? What is your cost and revenue model? All that. Right. And once you know that you can actually detail it in your business plan. And within a within a business, there could be a multiple business model for different different product. See, you if you have five products in your business, doesn't mean that your five products are actually targeted to the same kind of customer. So if you are not targeting same kind of a customer, the whole value proposition and whole business model changes. Right? And you know the Kodak is the best example. They failed. They were the first one who disrupted the digital camera market, right? They came with this whole new innovative idea, but they didn't have business model to go to move forward on that. And they failed it, right? But look at the Dell. Whole PC market, they disrupted because the, because the way they, they bring their own story and also the business model they implemented. Yeah. So it's a very interesting uh, point of view to have a look how you're going to define your business plan and how you're going to extract your value proposition for each product or service you're going to target and how you're going to target your market for that particular value proposition. It certainly would be advantageous to be intentional with the message that you're trying to put out. When you are first engaging with your clients, I noticed... Uh, in some of your material online, different tier levels, if I can call it that, uh, for marketing. And I think the first is kind of a DIY preference, uh, which I assume means you're putting the plan together and then the client takes it and implements it. And then from there, it seems that there are more engaged levels that you would deal with with the client of helping them actually uh uh, act on the plan that's been put together. Can you talk a little bit about how those different tiers work and how you in- is assess what's the most appropriate for a potential client? 
Yeah. So the point is here that, you know, some people come up with the idea, say if I'm dealing with the sole traders, like if you solopreneur, so I, I, they, they don't have a big budget and they are not in a big rush. Um, and then I, I say, okay, here is the, my strategy. Here's my plan. And this is how you should actually execute it. And these are my expectations. So, and I give them every single support through my consultancy. And then they go and work on themselves. They create their own content and they try to do their own social media and all those things. So if that's your choice, um, I, that, that's the product I have. And, and most of the people who are under three years of the business, they choose that that thing. They, they think that... In, Investing too much on marketing is not a good idea. Most of the people, and I, to I know most people, most of the sales uh, sales friends and sales colleague and mentors, they, they always encourage me to be more persuasive, which I believe it's uh, I'm not a very big persuasive person, right? Um, it, it's just, that's how I work. I believe if you will like and if you will see the value in my service and product, you will follow me. I don't need to annoy you. I would rather keep you, um, you know, calm and composed so that you can focus on your creativity and product service. So that's one um, level I have created. I create whole workshop model, consultancy, mastering sessions and all those things. And I give full support. The other thing is that um, I extend that if you don't have a team or if you you think you you can outsource, you are interested to outsource some of the service. We have the execution model as well, so we we can execute and we can actually give you the ROI and KPI model, and we actually give you the fifteen different metrics for the different different area of work we do, and we will be very well reported on that. And we maintain high transparency. Uh, as you know, market is ever changing, especially marketing area. We need to, like, when it comes to the digital, the Google Google paid advertising or social media. It, it's organic. Social media is organic, right? But the way you message out, it, it's a lot of work involved in it. So. That's what we call it social media optimization, SMO, right? So SMO is actually increase your likability, make tagging and bookmarking easy. Like people should, if I like something, I should be, it should be easy to bookmark for me or, you know, you copy that content or, uh, you know, make some notes out of it or something like that. Reward your inbound link. When you get the inbound link, you have to reward them actually. Okay, and then help your content um, travel. Like when you when you produce a content like this, this podcast. If we are producing this content, and if you are not spreading the news, we are if you are not actually letting this content travel where it is required to travel, then it's not going to make any much difference. Same with the website. If you have a website and if it's sitting like an island uh, and nobody is visiting it, so like it's it's not going to make any value add, to be honest, in, in your economy. So that's why you really need to think about whatever you are doing, how we are going to make uh, attract people, let people travel, give them the ease and encourage them th- to actually uh, share and support you. Right? So building the relationship is going to be more, much more important than you think. In past, the whole social media concept started with the six degree separation. But now it's, 
actually the algorithm trimmed down to the three degree separation. So if you if your third degree uh, level of network is actually not getting engaged with you, it's not going to give you any outcome, the content you are producing. So there are a lot of nitty-gritty needs to be thought of and worked on. So depends on what you want to choose, what model you want to choose, we have the option. Ultimately, we want you to go. In today's current environment, is there a hierarchy of social media versus website, like with SEO versus the social media optimization, or are they really a symbiotic relationship? See, it's, it has to be a proper relationship. Like you can't, you cannot get the outcome by doing one thing and one thing only. And that's why I always talk about let's create only effect. Okay, so there is two things. There, people work on multi-channel and omni-channel. So there is a minor difference. It sounds very similar, um, but the only effect is something where you can actually create the experience. And Google, Facebook, every every social media platform, every search engine, they are trying to give the best experience possible for every user or every customer or consumer who is coming on their website. So that's their purpose. And if we are not catching up with that, then it's going to be very hard to sustain in the market. So my point is here is that if no matter what you do, like if your website is not talking to your social media, your social media content and your website content is not matching up, your networking events, you are going to networking events and you are talking something else and your website is talking something else, it's going to make a huge gap in between and there will that will reduce the trustworthiness and ultimately unless people trust you they're not gonna buy you and i always say that ultimately we are selling human to human right the other human has the emotion involved and it's all about unconscious educational pattern you are developing with your customer to adopt observe and buy I think that is an important point and admittedly something that I even continue to learn, especially with social media. It seems almost strange to have such a focus on social media for a business when they were supposedly (laughs) created for individual people. But as you mentioned, when it comes down to it, there is a trust factor and there is a likability, maybe even is the way to say it, for the person that owns the business uh, in order for clients to want to actually come and do business with you. To be honest, look at the historically, like marketing is not the new thing we are talking about. It's been developed long time ago, you know, during the Venice, uh, Venice, Venice uh, market explosion at that time. If you remember, there were like thousands of docs were there and all that. So the whole marketing concept developed at that time as, as a concept, like there was like a lot of trade happening, but there was not as such a marketing agenda uh, established before the, you know, Venice market establishment. Um, and the same agenda used by many other marketers in, in, in thousands of years, to be honest. But now, it's getting more important how you are establishing the trust and relationship. And the body language was always being observed. If you look, I was watching one of a documentary, and when the trading started, there used to be a trademark 
and they used to give the coin and when the people were looking at that trademark they were establishing a trust okay this is the trust for the group and i'm able to buy or give them the credit or not so it's not new we are talking about it's it's the scenario is there since thousands of years there it's just that we are paying more attention now due to all that digital media you know explosion happening and when it comes to the content preparation i have noticed it's the people are producing a lot of content but to be honest it's they are polluting the ocean <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of people are polluting the ocean without thinking more sustainable market so it is not about how much content you going to prepare it's how sustainable content you going to prepare how effective content it is how you are engaging with your content and how is your delivery quality and how it is reaching to your end right end customer well let me ask you you mentioned which is refreshing to me because i fall into the same category not being like an aggressive salesperson and something else that I would be curious on your perspective around social media and then content is how much posting is too much posting. Now, if I'm following you correctly on content, you can't even have that consideration if you don't have good content to begin with, <laughs> of course, uh, because I guess if it's bad content, one post is too much post. Uh, but is, is there almost being too aggressive with the amount of messaging that you put out there into websites and social media? See, um, it depends how good quality you are producing. So look at the look at the best marketers in the world, like Neil Patel and you know Joe Vital, or if you look at uh, Joe Vital, if you look at the Joe Vital, like it, it, I don't know if you know him, he's the guy who wrote the book called um, The Secret. And if you look at his social media, it's not too much. but the content he produced it was so popular it became so um, you know affect there are so many affected by that particular book and documentary but you don't need to keep marketing it people look for it like it's word of mouth right there are a lot of people met me and they say oh have you read that book called the secret and i'm like yes i did but i'm saying that uh, do you know that party or do, do you know joe vital team or somebody they said no i just liked it So the point here is that in service industry he created evangelist for himself right and you don't need to keep posting on social media about the secret you just post something and it's floating everywhere and people are observing it liking it and actually spreading it further the second type of people is like people who are building their brand like influencer category you can see there are a lot of instagram people are actually posting almost 10 20 time a day but depends on what you are doing with that and what what's your actual profession if you are in an influencer category and if you have really good influential content yeah go for it but if you don't i'm in a linkedin i would rather post one in a day and that's it and it has to be good enough so people can like share and comment and if not i always question what did i do wrong am i supposed to be producing the same kind of content or not right i'm 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 likable enough or not look at the look at the product industry industry mercedes mercedes and mercedes is like a big brand and there are a lot of i don't have but i like that car because of the engineering and the quality they produce and 
I I like I I read about it in this book, and I know they are very good in customer serviceability as well. And I'm a big fan of customer centric approach. So I I'm I'm a big advocate for that. So even though they don't market it, they are already out there. But you know you cannot be a brand unless you are in front of people's eyes, right? Coca Cola don't need to actually market anymore, but they do. Right, so depends on how you are maintaining the balance. Depends on the product and service you are offering. It's it can't, you don't have any specific direct answer that you can do this and all set. Going to what you mentioned about like an Instagram influencer, I've read different things about how people should treat content. Specifically, I know I've read some things that say be very careful about content being your product essentially uh, or or maybe just to say that you don't have a product you're selling it's it's you as the product do you have any positions on that or advice i mean certainly it would seem to me to make sense that it's probably easier from a marketing standpoint that if you have a product and then the content serves as part of the advertising and marketing plan but anyway uh, do you, what do you think as far as people that the content is their product is that a viable business see my for me yes it's it's a viable business for me because i my business rely on the content right so the more content i produce the more people um, are able to hear my thoughts when they come to me right like gary gary we we actually create lot a book about it like zap 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 and then sell right so it's like three time you have to value it and then one time you will be able to sell Right. If you are selling every day, if your product is always talking about buy me, buy me, buy me, it's gonna be a big problem for you. Okay. So the total point here is that depends if it is your if you are in a I call it infopreneurial ship. I read a book called Thought Leadership, and in that that this this terminology came infopreneurial ship. I'm in an infopreneurial ship. I'm in an information world. So. when it comes to the information based business and even the technology like if you separate technology it's technology so it means tech has to be knowledge based right so these kind of business should produce a lot of content and should be treated a product like content should be treated like one of their product because that product is nothing but a lead magnet for them right so it's like a, you have to you have to create a honeybee for people to actually get attracted to it and taste it and then you can actually uh, they, they it's easier to sell them and it's it's been statistically proven that a lot of ceos and ctos and uh, c suite people are actually looking at the authoritative um content and actually they are buying from there and or engaging with the service they they wanted to engage with but before that they want to read about it, they want to know about it look at like if i'll say something to you or if i've been introduced for the first time to you didn't you go and look at me on my social media like look at what she's doing what kind of a what's her mindset you know and sure. how would you know that the kind of content i produce so and i've been told a lot of time that i'm not very i do not produce a lot of my personal photograph like you won't see in my social media you won't see too much of my personal activities and my kids you know photographs and all those things i was reading listening one documentary recently that not many people realize 
realize that they 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 they're taking all that kids photograph and posting on on the social media but they do have privacy right as well the kids has the privacy rights as well right how much content you can what can you post for your kids as well and it's whether you are in a business or in in a business where kids are involved right so it depends on what kind of a business you are i'm in entrepreneurship i don't need to post that If you want to know about me ask me question like how many kids you have <laughs> what your family does where you from that's fine you know um but that doesn't mean i'm going to post every day about myself i wonder if maybe a distinction that you're drawing here if content is your business or let's just say a non-product is you do need to at least focus on having a subject matter that you are knowledgeable in or an expert in that is marketable. Yeah, your leadership comes from your subject matter expertise, isn't it? And then you don't have to talk about your kids and other personal life things because that's not your business. It's uh it's the thing that you are bringing to the table that you're an expert on or a coach in. A lot of people if you look at, you know, why people started um avoiding their Facebook because if I mean even on their Facebook or in their personal one they there are a lot of personal messages that they were not very relevant rather i will educate my customer uh, through my content and i will i would expect them to touch more about me or try to reach out to me to find out what how i can help them you know i mean i should not say help them because i'm i'm not a big believer of helping i'm a big believer of serviceability right when people ask me oh i i'm happy to help you no um i need a serviceability right so it it has to be the help is a big word you know so um, unless you are really big struggler or or a social context or emotional context and all that that's a separate thing it's, it's a, when it comes to the sociology you need help but when it comes to the economics it, you don't need help you need serviceability it's it's a two different segment also even for your business at some point you're expecting your clients to fly on their own, right? <laughs> that uh, you don't want to be affixed to their operation permanently. The idea is that they can take the plans that you're helping create and operationalize it and and thrive at some point on their own, correct? That's why I mean I have created a framework called culturally conditioned. So in that one we I always go and talk about um I educate the team right so i would uh, i really work well with the very good like with the team so when you have a, a sales team you have a marketing team um you have a subject matter experts in the company and there are seats and leadership people so every company need a brand ambassador whether you are hiring the brand ambassador from outside or you are choosing someone within a company that's up to you right but you have to have a brand ambassador and if you are talking about brand ambassador means that person has to have the brand identity right and somebody should be able to correlate you with that brand so like me me is a brand ambassador for my own company called exante so priya mishra has her own identity with with the company because company that's what you do right not that who you are right it's, it's a distinct difference between two different uh, character in in same space 
right? So that's why I create a brand ambassador within the company who can be a representative and that could be one or two person, depends, the company model. And then I go and most of the time, if you have noticed, big companies, they don't, the, the sales team doesn't talk to marketing team and marketing team is working on some kind of a collateral and they have been given a high level of vision that, oh, I want 20 leads today or tomorrow or this month, right? But how that is going to be actually nurtured and uh, retained and how you're going to actually create your uh, your retention model, that's not been discussed to the marketing team. So there is a big connectivity group difference, right? This two group is not communicating proper. The C-suit has different vision than the actual marketing and sales team. The stakeholders, people are writing different kind of a content and there are so many good uh, uh, you know, team members you are hiring within the team, but they, you are not utilizing their full potential. So I create a whole culturally con culture context and create a whole company culture, how we all can support the marketing team so that they can help us to achieve our vision, right? And your vision, your value has to be actually uh, spread out through your marketing collaterals. Right. A lot of people like look look at the um, Trump and Hillary can, um, campaign. Like everybody knows what is the slogan of Trump, but not many people remembers the Hillary cam campaign slogan. Right, and that's happened because there is a big difference in the marketing collateral is not catering the whole thing. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> actually a really good point. Um, it's one that uh, when you get into politics, everybody has their opinion, certainly. But that's something that probably can't be disputed, that when you go to slogans, say what you will about Donald Trump, the marketing part of it uh, certainly is something that stuck. And also, when you're talking about branding and marketing, can you tell me what is the relationship or even maybe definitions of marketing as opposed to branding and then compared to advertising? Marketing is like an overall umbrella, right? And underneath, you have social media, you have digital media marketing, you have PR uh, campaigns, you have advertising, and digital advertising is getting more popularity than the TV and radio advertising because of the cost and you know reach involved and so many factors. So marketing is a big umbrella. And I'm, I'm, when I create a marketing strategy, I just don't think about only digital. Depends on what's your... So if your business is community-oriented... Do you really need too much about um, on digital? So if you're age care company, right? Do you really need to go to the digital media? Because there are a lot of people who can't understand the digital media at all. A lot of old people are not there on the Facebook and the, on the Instagram. So what kind of a marketing material you are going to create for them and how you're going to reach out to them? You have to go back to the traditional marketing in that sense, right? Because you need to think what kind of a target audience we have and how I can reach them. What's the best way to reach? So that's all about, that's the marketing is a bigger umbrella. Underneath, there is like all social media campaign, SEO website, digital media, um, or other di digital media collateral, blog, blog distribution, podcast, video marketing, all sorts of things comes under that marketing umbrella. Advertising is something where actually you pick a product and you run or service or and you run for one kind of a target person and make sure you use the proper neurological programming 
embedding embedded in your advertising because to reach and actually insect your your marketing material in the people's brain it's gonna be really challenging unless it is really um very very effective ad so it's getting harder and harder if you think that you know it's easy you can create the volume of advertising through the social media it doesn't mean you are reaching out to the uh, real audience where actually they will actually buy right so it's it's a much more challenging space these days when it comes to the advertising so that's why i always recommend if you don't have any position in the market and if you are not so that's where branding plays the role so if you if i'll build my brand people are more aware about me i'll be more identical to uh, for pe- people's mind to notice me right because they have heard about me you know that attention span is going down we are like less than with a goldfish as well as 3 seconds um and if it is 3 seconds attention span you will be only remember if you are too many time in front of people size so that's why people say you have to reach out your customer at least 15 time and if you are only creating the advertising it's not going to give you any outcome so you really need to have your brand position your your other marketing collateral and then you put your advertising so that people will remember it otherwise what happens like a predatory marketing so if you are walking if you are going on the highway and if you see a cold ring and a burger who you remember the straight away name comes mcdonald burger king these big names right so you make more stronger your your superior leaders than actually getting the outcome yourself because your message is not clear enough and you are not in front of people's eyes they don't know you they don't remember you so the first thing comes in my mind oh burger oh i we should stop to the mcdonald somewhere right so you're giving the more more money to them right you're making your leader more stronger and in that sense if you're creating advertising without positioning yourself okay yeah that's actually a good example <laughs> an easy one to remember cuz gosh mcdonald's is everywhere and you talked about the effectiveness and making sure that yeah your advertising is doing what you want it to do it's my understanding especially with digital marketing these days that measuring the effectiveness can be somewhat difficult what are the ways that you can gauge whether or not the message that you're putting out there is having the intended effect see it's always you have to monitor your conversion rate and you have to have the calculation of your roi you know so when you are so what's your click per cost right your what is your cpc right how many people it is reached it's not about impression is about how much people actually really called you how many people literally filled the form what was the conversion after that and if you really want to go more detail into it you we really need start need to thinking about marketing intelligence and there are a lot of big tools are coming out out in the market and i i mean i effectively use it because it's all about data and if you look at the google anal- google analytics it gives you a lot of data you can read where all your your um, travelers are going like if somebody comes to your website how they are traveling which which content they are going there are there are a lot of um, scenario we can create through the ab testing google optimizer for the free tool but other than that there are a lot of um, 
uh, paid tools are also available. So you have to create all that marketing intelligence, gather the data, analyze it, create a matrix and know your number. You need to know your magic numbers, which one is actually performing and which one is not performing and why it is not performing. And then you have to actually optimize. Sometimes I, if I take my own photograph and I, I create two versions of myself, you must have noticed some angle actually looks more more um, appealing to the audience than the other one, right? So how can you create the, um, even if you are creating one image, how can you see, find the up, appeal to the audience and how can you do the A-B testing? You cannot create one ad and expect to give you the ad um, outcome. You have to create multiple ads and then you have to test the market and whatever is performing the best and you know your matrix, you know your magic number and you will be able to pick and choose. And then that goes back, I assume, to the adjustments that you were talking about earlier in our conversation that you've got to be able to be nimble enough to go more towards what is showing to be effective or if I guess nothing is being effective, then you've got to be able to change up your plan and that's why you need experts because the point here is that if i see i'm if i'm not very good in sales do i am i supposed to be doing the sales job you know i need to know being a business owner i need to know every aspects of the business like there are six seven pillars you need to know how hr model works how finance works you know when you start your business you have to wear multiple hats that's fine and that's good learning process for you as well but if you you need to understand because then you can communicate the language they want to pass on to you and you will be it will be ease ease of the environment to work going forward when you grow but at the same time, if that something is not your expertise, then you are wasting your important time on that, gaining that expertise. I think you can better earn the money where you are actually very good at, right? So I would rather hire an expert to do the thing and understand the basics. And that's it. That's, that's how I, I, I believe business should be working. There's a phrase out there, hopefully I'm not just making this up, that, yeah, do you spend time trying to make a duck an eagle or do you just let the duck be the duck and do what it's good at? Um, and I think in a lot of scenarios, that's what you should do is uh, focus on what your strengths are and don't work on the things that are not. Yeah, that's where the point comes is that, you know, you, you need to work on your business, not in the business. And that happens only if you know what's your expertise. And then you start actually um, using your strength and actually um, engaging people with your weakness, you know? So that's where SWOT analysis works. There's so many SWOT, fish, um, you know, fish chart, and there's so many things available. You know, you can actually find out your strength and weakness, and then you work with your five, you know, there is a Gallup test you can take, and you know your five strength. Sometimes you don't know. So to identify, sometimes you need to. Right. So when a long time ago, I did a psychometric test in my during my um, corporate career that I'm, I'm a really true leader. I have a very um, good leadership ability. Right. So I always strive for and I feel very happy when it comes to the power position. Right. And I'm not very good at actually very nitty gritty work. Like I like detailing, detailing and doing nitty gritty work is two different things. Okay, so I'm a detailed person, but at the same time, I don't like doing the nitty gritty job, which whereas I feel like I'm underutilizing myself, right? And I like the power position and I have a true leadership, 
you know that that time they have created the hitler type of character and the gandhian character and there were six seven different kind of a characters uh, on the leadership position and i i, I my matrix came were quite close to the gandhian characters well one more question before i let you go uh, in the digital section of your site it has three levels there uh, I saw online tsunami, a ripple, and a splash. Can you tell me what the difference between those levels are? So I consider this concept, I brought it three years ago. And um, what happens when you want to just do a little bit little bit of marketing, I can showcase you through the sp- a splash. Um, and then I, to, tsunami is actually more of a, like, you go everywhere concept. Like, you know, you have to have a big bang marketing strategy for yourself like you have to present yourself out there you are ready to do the big bang effect in your brand positioning um, concept i imagine also that comes in the assessment of a potential client of how much they currently have yeah so i get to know where you stand right now and where you want to head um earlier i used to follow the customer like you know they say i want seo i want this i want that and i was picking up the job because it was initial initial stage for me but then gradually i realized that see i'm not gonna give much of a value add so why not i should create um, a strategy where actually I can offer them much better value add uh, and offer my own strategy and suggest them that this is what you should be doing it. And if you do this, then you will get this kind of an outcome. So that's called value proposition concept. And then if you if you see the proper value proposition, you buy my product. And if you don't, then it's not going to make much difference anyway. So I'll educate it. And if still you want to ask me to do it, I'll do it for you. But I'll educate you enough so that you know where your investment is going to go and how, what outcome you're going to get, right? And I'll educate it and I'll leave it there. But if you're really open to listen and adopt the my knowledge base, my true potential, then I will come up with the whole strategic concept and I'll present it to you and if you uh, adopt it, I can give you a real value add. Perfect. I think that is a good way to put people in the driver's seat of picking and choosing what they think they need while you're there to uh, help guide what some of their next steps might be. Ultimately, it's your customer and you should drive your customer, to be honest. And that could happen not by force, by education. If folks that are listening are interested in getting in touch with you and seeing what you can do for their business, what is the best way for them to contact you through your website or social media? Yeah, I'm very active on social media. So people can search me as Priyambada Mitra or Exonted or Digital and I'm everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) As we would expect for the business that you're in, if you weren't, we would be really concerned, right? (laughs) So I'm very active. It's not just that I'm just there. I'm not just present. I'm engaged. So if I said, I I always tell it to my team, try to reach uh, response every single question whether it is uh, what kind of a question doesn't matter every single thing is coming to you should actually go and you should actually respond within 12 hours not 24 hours within 12 hours that's my motto um 90 95% i achieve it right so that's working well for me And that, I think, also ties back into what we were talking about of that trust and relationship factor when you are running a business. So it sounds like you're practicing what you preach. 
Yes, I'm I'm big believer of it. If you are not practicing what you preach, then you shouldn't actually preach. <laughs> well, I think that is a great quote for us to end on Priya. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Anything we missed before we sign off? No, uh, all good and I look forward to have another chat with you with your audience uh, in future. That sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get podcasts. If you'd like to be notified of future weekly episodes, please hit the subscribe button. If you'd like to help us even further, visit suburbanfolk.com and you'll find a donate button where all the money goes back into the show for you. Thanks for listening. Suburban Folk is part of the Pod All the Time podcasting network with 11 other great podcasts. Head over to suburbanfolk.com for links to their shows.